one of the challenge, but also the excitement is putting my sermon notes together, um, because I was asking someone, I said, can you get some of the things I needed for, um, to illustrate the message uh, that we're going to be sharing for the month of June? So June is our new sermon series, and it's called Building a Legacy That Will Last, and we have three other speakers plus myself, who every Sunday is going to be sharing with you a powerful word, not just their experience with God for how long they've lived or how long they've walked with God, but they're going to share with you their encounter with God and how that is going to help you to build a legacy that's going to last. And I'm so excited. I told them I'm ready with my paper and pen. I want to be sitting in the front row and just receiving from the Lord. And so I have the privilege and the honor to um, launch us and to, to kick us off, so to speak, into this uh, month of June. And I'm so excited about that. So I know today that when we finish, there's going to be a moment of time for you to reflect on God's word and to just allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. So I don't want you to leave until you have enjoyed that time being in God's presence. And so one of the things we get in the notes was they were like, um, I I told them, I said, well, when God gives it to me, I give it to you. And sometimes God waits until like, Saturday, I'm like, okay, God, come on. I already had the thought here because I want it this way. And so that's one of the things of being a preacher or being in ministry. Um, If you're in ministry, raise your hands right here. If you're in ministry, put your hands up. If you're in ministry, every hand should be going up right now. That was a trick question. Every single hand should be going up. Okay, so now if you go, you know, and and, um, it's almost like the Sunday school teacher who was uh, teaching the kids and he's like, what is gray and has a furry tail and runs up trees? And the kid said, I, I know the answer is Jesus, but you're sounding like you're describing a squirrel. You know what I mean? So uh, anytime we talk about ministry, you are in ministry. And if you don't believe that, I'm declaring right now that you are in ministry, and especially for this month of June, what God has for you to accomplish. Okay? So you're in ministry. And so one of the things about being in ministry is that you really have to depend on the Holy Spirit. And you're going to see as I go into our message how there is a deception that comes from the enemy. And his number one deception, let me throw it out there now because the Holy Spirit's leading me in this direction. The number one thing we have to be careful and watch out for is humanism. It's humanism. Is that because we're creating God's image and God's likeness, the enemy in the garden started with that, you shall be like God, knowing good and evil. And what happened is now it propelled men to a place of where, like Lucifer tried to dethrone God, humanity has to be careful that we don't try to remove God or try to dethrone God. And so humanism, I believe, is where every other form of occult and, and, and demonic things stems from. It's from a humanistic perspective, and we have to be careful with that, okay? And we're going to see how humanism is the cause of destruction, It is the cause of failed relationships. It's the cause of homes falling apart. And so we want to address that uh, today. So with your Bibles, let's go. And we're going to be looking at building a legacy that lasts. I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul loved the church at Corinth. He loved this church tremendously. He loved them so much that he wrote two uh, letters to them. And the Corinthian letter is a letter of correction. Now, I said earlier, if you're an orphan and you have that poverty mindset, you cannot see the correction of God as a blessing. You will see the correction of God as condemnation. 
And once you live under condemnation, you will never grow. And that's the enemy's deception. And so when you're teaching or you're raising children, and not even your own, if you're in ministry, how many are in ministry? Okay, we're in ministry, right? So we have to bring correction. And so it's important that we understand that correction, when you understand that you're building a legacy that will last, you will see that correction is a welcome thing. It's a thing that you enjoy because it now aligns you up for the blessing and the provision of God in your life. So Paul now would not allow this church to stay in their condition. If you love somebody, you will never let them stay in a condition of brokenness. You will always try to bring restoration to that relationship because they will continue this perpetual cycle of destruction. And at the gathering place and at the church, we have a responsibility to make sure people are not walking in error and they're not walking in condemnation. But they must be corrected. They have to be corrected. So Paul is writing to this church, and this church was so gifted. They had what we call the charisma. They were a charismatic church before that movement even started. Okay? That it said you lack, you, you, you have all the gifts. That there is no gift that you lack. This church was so gifted in the supernatural, but because there was no structure, there was no system, confusion took place, and they weren't effective, though they were gifted. Though they were gifted, they weren't effective. They weren't influenced people because Paul had to bring correction so that people could be blessed. How many are in ministry this morning? Okay, so God's going to bring some correction to you because God wants to take you deeper and he wants to take you higher and he wants you to live a life and build a legacy that's going to last. Okay, so your first Corinthians chapter 3, we're going to spend the majority of our time there. But before I do that, I want you to hold that spot and go over now to Hebrews chapter 11. Go over to Hebrews chapter 11, and our focus for, or in my assignment uh, this morning, is to talk about the builder. You are the builder, but God is the one that is building through you. So you are the builder, but it's God who's building through you. Because we got to be careful of this humanism. We got to be careful that we don't live into that. And you're going to see why most churches, and if you notice, what, what we desire here, I'm not saying this is wrong, but what we desire here is that God would be glorified more than Megan and myself. That our pictures won't be plastered everywhere on the billboard because it's not about a personality bringing into God's house. It is about the presence of God coming into God's house. And so we got to be careful because sometimes it's not the leader that gets to that level. It's the people that edifies the leader so much. That God says, I might as well leave them because it seems like you already got everything figured out. And so we never want God to leave us. Never. Ever, ever, ever. I believe it was um, the guy who wrote the book, uh, Crazy Love. I can't remember his name now. Francis, thank you. And he said when he left his church, he said his name was being called more than Jesus. And it was time to pack it down and leave. Come on. Now that's a builder. That recognized, they might agree with everything, but the spirit of what he was living and what he was saying was true. It's God who's the builder, and I'm just the instrument that God uses through to build people. And the moment you call my name more, you call the name of Jesus, I better step out of the way so we can see what your foundation is really being built on. So in other words, you are gifted, and you're part of a gang. Someone say gang. G-A-N-G. Is that how you spell Gang. Well, it's an acronym for gifted and needing guidance. 
So when I talk to young people, the reason why gangs are so attractive because they're gifted people who lack the correction they should have received, so they form a gang and now they become gifted and needing guidance. So a church can become a gang. We can have our cliques. We can try to compete for territory. Come on, let me, let me go to my text. Let me, let me stop right there, amen, before I get bricks thrown at me. But I got them right here so you can't throw them, amen. Amen. So in Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to look at, 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 it's important then as we're builders, is that we're building faith. Someone say faith. faith. Not faith in faith, but faith in God. Amen. And so as Teresa said, when he stepped out of the boat, what Peter walked on wasn't on water. He walked on the constitution of God's word. And so because he heard the word, he then walked on water. Because Peter knew how water worked. And he heard the voice say, Come. Right? So watch this now. So in Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11, we're reading now the patriarchs or the heroes of faith, the heroes of faith. And in verse 8, it says, by faith Abraham obeyed. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was what? Called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing, I'm reading from New King James Version, not knowing where he was going. Now look at that. So by faith, Abraham obeyed and went to a place where he didn't know he was going. In my prayer time today, I was praying. And I said, God, you know where I am geographically. I'm at the gathering place. I'm in Marion. You also know where I am emotionally as well. Because you could be physically here, but be checked out somewhere else. That situation you had to leave at home, the... The, the, the pot you left on the stove thinking, oh my goodness, it's going to burn down my house. You know what I mean? The, the, the place you left the gas station where you had to just believe God that enough gas was going to be in your car so you can get to where you wanted to go. So though we're, not, though we're not physically at a place, we can be mentally there as well. And so that's why when we gather here together and we're pressed into God's presence, you, you're, you're not responding because you're physically here, but mentally you're somewhere else. And we don't make light of that. You need some faith right now. That's what you need. You need some faith because the enemy is trying to bring discouragement, trying to say you can do it on your own strength, humanism. And as I was praying, I was like, God, but you know where I'm also emotionally, not just mentally, but you know where I am emotionally as well. And most importantly, you know where I am spiritually. And I said, God, you're the only one that can know every one of those areas, and yet your prayer for me and your desire for me is to be in the center of your will. And that's faith. In the midst of all of these different places that can distract me, he's saying right here in the center of my will is faith. And without faith, it is impossible, listen to me, to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so here it is now that Abraham, by faith, obeyed when he was called to go out to a place which he received an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. And this is where I want to park myself right now. For he waited for the city which has foundations, plural, whose builder and maker is God. Is God. Someone say, I'm about to receive my promise this morning. Oh, yes, yes, don't stop. Keep going on the journey. You're about to receive your promise this morning. Amen. All you're doing right now is being a little bit, you're in a place of correction because, because check it out. See, uh, the CN Tower uh, in Toronto um, um, is this huge tower. 
And if they were off just by a little bit, ah, it's okay just to be off by a little bit. But the higher they go, the more obvious the curve would be. So we look at things and say, ah, it's just a little, this doesn't really matter. In the long term, it'll bring you over here and you'll miss the center of God's will for your life. Huh? So as you're parenting your children, you got to tell them, no, everything, every word of God is important. And what people are doing now, the reason why the church has gone off in this direction is because we start, ah, that doesn't mean that much anymore. That's not relevant for today. Oh, we don't need that anymore. Oh, you rebels. Oh, you, you are just haters. And, and all the names that's been given to the church and what we have done is this to pacify, and I'll get to that, to pacify the world we've compromised. And all of a sudden, we wonder, why are we in the conditions that we're in going over this direction? But I'm here to tell you, someone say the promise. Oh, uh, yeah. Come on. That's a church who has a backbone. Come on. Poof. That's a church I got a spine. Come on, somebody. The Titanic will not hit that iceberg. Come on. Because what's under is so much deeper than what you see. Come on. We'll steer out of the way. And the enemies are showing it just like a crocodile, just like an alligator. It just shows the eyes and you think everything is safe beneath the surface. But I'm telling him right now, he just wants you to try to step into that polluted water so he can get a hold of you. Because when you change atmosphere, oh God, when you change environment, come on somebody. When you go into the devil's area, he can make you his play tool. But when you say, come on devil, try to come into my area. He don't come into praise. He don't come into worship. He doesn't come into prayer. Come on somebody. When you praise that, oh, I got to back away. When you praise God, I got to back away. Why? Because when the praise goes up, God is going to inhabit the praise of Israel, his covenant people. And if you are a covenant people, someone say, I'm part of the covenant. His blessing comes down. Come on. And darkness has to go from your home. And darkness has to go from your life. Why? Because you are believing God for the promise of your life. And please understand, the promise is not just for you. That's humanism. When you understand the promise is for the legacy you're about to leave, an inheritance for your children, you then will realize that I've got to live by faith. And I've got to stay on this journey to reach what God has for me. Why? Because I'm looking for a city whose foundations and builder and maker is Elohim. Is the omnipresent God. Is the all-knowing. Oh, good God Almighty. If I keep preaching like this, my hair is going to grow back. Come on. See, 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 listen. When you understand the omniscient God and the omnipresent God. And the all-consuming fire. Come on, somebody. Ah, it gets you to a place of God. Correct me because I don't want to miss the promise for my children's 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 children. Amen, somebody. Amen. I think I got a church that wants to worship this morning. Amen. I think we better start all over again because I'm feeling this. Be like uh, Joshua and say, pray the sun stand still. Amen, somebody. So time. Can, can, can be there. So if you ever heard me share this message before, I, I, I talked about uh, generations and, and one generation shall praise that works to another generation. And I shared that we label generations, the builders, the boomers, the millenniums, the X generation, all this stuff. We label these generations and the purpose of it is for marketing, not for ministry. Even though you can use it to minister, it is not the agenda that you use to minister to people. 
The world uses it for marketing, and they label you, and so you then conform to the label they've given you. But when God speaks of the builder, he's speaking of a lifestyle. So that means you have a builder in every generation. Oh, come on, don't miss that. That as Abraham was for his generation, and Ezekiel was for his generation, and Jeremiah was for his generation, some people all say, where's the God of Elijah? Where's the God of Jeremiah? Let me ask the question, where are the Jeremiah's? Where are the Ezekiel's? Where are the Isaiah's? Where are the builders of your generation now that's going to seek God's face for a nation? Come on. So it's not a label, it's a lifestyle. And when you live a lifestyle, you won't conform to the label that they give you. So you can't be bought, you won't be sold out, and you will stay firm to the faith that's going to get you to inherit your promise. That's some good preaching right now. And watch this now. Because your lifestyle is one that reflects the goodness of God, you now become attractive. So there's no ugly people in the kingdom of God. Sin is what makes you ugly. And so when you come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he beautifies you now. He puts the oil of joy on you. Right? He, he gives you all of this. And so you take off the, the garment of heaviness and you put on the garment of praise. Right? Because you, you become an attractive people that God now wants to use to, to, you know, to do what he wants to do. So, so lifestyle. Lifestyle. Someone say lifestyle. It doesn't... You, you, Listen, when you live a lifestyle as a builder, it doesn't, it doesn't turn off when you leave the building. You see what I'm saying? It, it's, it's not just because I come into the building that means that, that, that I'm a Christian. A Christian is someone who's Christ-like. It, it is someone that lives a lifestyle that the people around them, when they were first given that, that label Christian, you know where that came from? Because they recognized that they were with Christ. The label was your lifestyle reflects the one that walked on the earth. And so they call them Christian because they reflected Christ. And he is the builder, right? And so that's why we want to be able to make sure we do that. Now, it's interesting. If you look at some of the things of the builder generation, and, and, and it's so important, it says this. They were characterized by being very dedicated and loyal. It says they were loyal to religious association, to family, to marriage, to country, to community, to organizations, to companies, to church. The builder generation from 1901, this generation was a generation that God was, was, was feared and, and, and you went to church and, and, and it was a generation that was loyal, that were for 24 years and, and they lived on a handshake, didn't have to go to the bank, it was more of relationships, if they did business, that's how they lived and as the church progressed over the years, because we weren't corrected, or we didn't want correction, we moved off like this. But God is saying now that the anointing that was on that generation with Amy Simple McPherson, Simpleton, as a woman who built a dead free, oh gosh, building back in Herta, that was a builder. So that spirit, now she's dead, but the spirit of God that was upon her life needs to not get into us and so her lifestyle is what attracted people, not the label. Come on. And so if we are going to be able to do things that's going to outlast us, and we're going to leave a legacy, we have to live by faith and have a lifestyle that pleases God. Are you with me so far? Amen. 
So Amy, Amy, she didn't know all of this, but God knew all of this was in her. God knew all of this. Where we're sitting right now is a result, watch this, of a woman who said yes to God like Abraham did by faith. I'm, I'm preaching this thing really good. There's some of you right now that there's things inside of you that's got to come out. You've been selfish too long. Come on, somebody. You've been holding this thing back way too long. Now, if your environment has been holding you back, you're in a good environment right now to give God some praise. If your environment or what people have said about you is holding you back, you are not the label that they put on you. That was a lie from the devil. You are a child of the living God. And it's time now that you release into the earth what God has put inside of you. Someone say, come on, Jesus. Woo! I'm trying to get to my notes, but somebody here just wants me to stay on this point. My God, praise the name of Jesus. This thing is good. Come on, how many are in ministry this morning? (laughs) More hands are going up as I keep preaching. Thank you, Jesus. By the time we're finished, you're all going to leave this place doing cartwheels in the parking lot. Amen. Praise God. So here's the first thing we want to take a look at. So in your notes, let me get to my notes. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, if you're there, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses, verses 1 to 4. The first blank is this. So Jesus then, in bringing correction through the Apostle Paul to this church, the first thing he wants to do is says you have to understand the maturity of the builder. He wants us to get to a place of maturity. It says milk is the evidence of someone who's an infant or somebody who's immature. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6, we see where the Corinthian church was name-dropping. I'm of Paul, and I'm of Peter, and I'm of this person. And so they said, what church you go to? They said the name of the person that they held to their doctrine. And they said, that's going to destroy you if that's how you're living. That's humanism. And he wants to make it clear that we are all servants of the Most High God. So someone who is an infant is drawn to personality more than God's presence. Now, I'm not denying the gift. We have some great gifted people. Amen. And we thank God for the gift. But the same word for gift, charisma, is the same word for grace. It is simply the grace of God on them that allows them to do what they do. And so what you must understand, even with myself, be like the Berean church. Search the scriptures. I'm just giving you principles. If you flow in the prophetic principles, come on, somebody. We'll be like a dynamite. A principle, when you know the prophetic, will cause you to walk in prosperity. That's a word for somebody right there. And so as a preacher, as a pastor who flows in the apostolic, I'm giving you words of principles that you now in the prophetic unction of the Holy Ghost now, searches that over and says, because I want to grow. I don't want to be in error. I want to grow. And so when you realize now, that a principle hits the prophetic you realize I gotta grow up I've gotta grow up because Jeremiah was sent to a people he had to bring correction to and they didn't like it but guess what the same Jeremiah in chapter 1 who was saying this whole condition of the nation is the same one we quote on graduation Jeremiah 29 11 I know the plans I have for you plans to prosper you plans to grow you we like that verse right and we buy cars and we give it to our children who graduate but we don't tell them the first part here you're gonna have to be persecuted you're gonna have to have a spine you're gonna have to preach God's word they won't like you but guess what if you stay in faith you will get to Jeremiah 29 verse 11 Come on, come on. Stay the course because Jeremiah 29, 11 is just over there. I know the thoughts I think towards you, saith God. Plans to prosper you. A good future. An expected end. 
but he had to weigh through all the challenges right there. So milk is the evidence of being an infant and being immature. And the reason for the division, the reason for the division was two things. And Paul says it here. Jealousy and strife. How could you be gifted and graced by God and jealousy and strife enter into the atmosphere? Because you're a child. You're immature. You're an infant. And they just cry. Can't communicate. They, they just cry. And so what happens is this. There's two ways to stop someone from crying. You can either pastor them and bring correction, or you can pacify them and stick something in their mouth. What has happened is because correction has come, has made you cry. You didn't distinguish the cry of God's correction versus the cry of people who don't want to change. We have churches now that are pacifying the people. And we're in the condition that we are right now. And the nation's crying out. I know we hear this all the time. But this is the greatest election. We've been hearing that for, what, the 45th president? We've been hearing it all the time. What I'm declaring to you now is for the builder generation to rise up in the prophetic word like Joseph did when he was called to that place of influence. And the church would dictate the condition of this nation. Vote yes, because that's your constitutional right. Vote yes, because as a citizen, you must vote. But please understand, it is more important who is in your house than who's in the White House. Because if he's in your house, you will change the condition of the White House. Right? So we, we, we got to grow up. And so there's two things. And so what's happened is we have pacified people because guess what? They don't want the prophetic anymore, so we just pacify them. And they don't want the supernatural, and we pacify them. And the church has become weak, and we have lost its power. But I'm here to tell you that his power and his presence is coming back to a people who's saying, God, correct me. God, correct me. How many of you are in ministry this morning? So he's going to correct you then. Just embrace that. He's going to correct you because he wants you to grow. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to get to Jeremiah 29 verse 11. Okay? So jealousy and strife must get out. I remember one time Andre Vinzel, a, a great prophetic man of God, came into, in, into Marion and he's preached at different churches. And I'll never forget all the pastors w- w- were together. And, and I was on staff at this church. And, and so here it was. And I heard these words come from Andre Vinzel's mouth and I got a hold of them. I just, like a pit bull. I just locked onto it. And he said this as all the pastors were together. He said, God loves it when his children can play together. He sits back as a papa and looks and says, that's what I'm talking about. No jealousy, no strife. I'm going to do supernatural work in that environment. So the enemy, what he's done is he's created territory. He's supposed to have taken territory. We have literally taken territory. Because of jealousy and strife. Jealousy and strife. Okay? And so we must understand is this. Is that milk is for those, milk is for the immature. Okay? And so I've got my, I've got my baby bottle right here. And how many remember the water series we did? <laughs> so see, water works, but if you don't have it in the right container, come on, it'll change the entire use of it. This in the river will bring resources. This in the bottle will pacify you. And so we look here, and so all of a sudden, right, what happens now is, is, is we, we get formula 
of man that's contained in a container. Whereas God now is this big because we're infants, we've limited his ability to move in our life in a container. It doesn't matter how big the spoon is because in this container it comes with a spoon. Oh, I want to get a bigger spoon. doesn't matter how big the spoon is because we now are going to live off what man has made to pacify us. So we're infants and so we are eating and wonder why we're hungry and why we're thirsty. And so we see, oh, there's water. And so we, we take spoons full and we read the ingredients okay so they need for whatever size okay so let's go and let's just let's just put it in and and let's get as much of this oh there's a container and and let's let's put it in and we realize that after all of a sudden look how small this container is and and this is really all we want of God is just it's just this amount because of scarcity we, we can't we can't take all of it and so we just want to take a little bit so a little bit of pacifier, a little bit of formula, just a little bit of formula, till all of a sudden that's all we're living off is man's ways and man's way of doing things. Humanism is what we're living off of. But, but we have service, don't we? I mean, we, we do, and so we, we put the lid back on, for God forbid he breaks out of the box, right? And so we put the lid back on, and then we start to shake, and we start to mix this thing up, and, and all of a sudden we said, now, come and dine! We can't discern between good and evil. And so we call good evil and evil we call good. Because we're drinking from a baby bottle. And he says, jealousy and strife is what's mixed in here. And if you drink this, it'll become your nourishment. So as parents, if you continue to feed McKenna this, something's wrong with her. But something's wrong with you as well because you're not taking her to where we can find out what's wrong with my baby. So if you keep feeding this, it's because you have no other answer. But we have an answer today. It says, but meat is given to those who are strong. And it's the bread of life. Come on, somebody. And so you serve this. Who's in ministry? And I'm serving food. Come on. And I'm saying, eat from the bread that was broken for you. And the bread is together. It's not sliced bread. It's better than the wonder bread. Come on, somebody. He's the wonder. And if you're wondering, come to the wonder. Come on, somebody. Huh? And eat of the bread. So every time you come to the gathering place or you gather at a kingdom-minded church, you just say, feed me that bread. Come on, somebody. Because he's a wonder. He's a wonder. He's a wonder. He's a wonder. Come on, somebody. Yes, 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 yes. I can't take the bottle anymore. I need the bread. Someone say, feed me the bread. Ah, oh, that's how you do it. Feed me the bread. Feed me the bread. So, so that's, the, that's the immature believer, but God wants us now to be mature. If we're going to build a legacy, we have to be mature. The second one is the master builder now, the master, the master builder. First Corinthians chapter three, verse five and nine. Paul says now, and watch what Paul gives four things that would define or four things that give the evidence of a master builder. Even one translation says the wise master builder. It's the Greek word S-O-P-H-O-S, 
which we use for wisdom. He says, this is the wisdom builder. And he also used this word, only used here. It's the word architect. It's the word architect. It's the Greek word when he says, I'm a master builder. It's an architect. But it's more than just about the blueprints. It's about building the body. Because the church is not a building. The church is the body. So you're an architect of building deep and meaningful relationships in people. That's what you've called to do. So when you put away the milk and you take the bread, you now realize I'm an architect and I've got to now have dimensions in your life. And I come in now to develop you. And that's what happens when you're an architect in the body. You come to develop people. I think the word is called make disciples of all nations. And so you want us now, if you're a master builder, you're making disciples of all nations. And so when you are a wise master builder, you know how to discern between good and evil. You have the wisdom of God. You're praying through Proverbs. There's a little commercial break right there. You're praying through Proverbs, right? Getting the wisdom. Even Solomon said when David says, you're going to be the one that's going to get to my throne. I'm building a kingdom. And so now Solomon, look at the people. He says, oh my goodness, how am I supposed to lead this people? God comes and says, what do you want from me, Solomon? He says, do you want wealth? Do you want riches? Do you want all these material things? He says, no, give me a discerning heart. Give me wisdom that I'm able to go into the people and come out to the people. Come on. I got to step into the people, bring correction, but don't allow their face and their negativity to get on me. So I've got to step back out into God's presence again. Get a revelation, go back into the people again. Come on and say, thus say the Lord and get a revelation and then go back into the people again and say, why? Because how many are called to ministry? You know how to go in, you know how to go out. You know how to go in, you know how to go out. Why? Because you're bringing bread. You are, you are developing people. And a master builder knows how to develop deep and meaningful relationships. You see why it's so hard to build a relationship with some people? Because they're immature. If you try to marry someone who's not mature yet, it's going to cause immaturity. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. You've got to marry somebody who's mature, who understands good and evil. So here are the four evidence that you're a master builder. The first one, you know that you're called. The Apostle Paul moves away from talking to about Apollos and about himself and about Peter. He says, let me talk to the church. Listen, jealousy will remove when you know what you're called to do. Jealousy will be removed when you know what you're called to do. Now watch this now, okay? Now, understand purpose and mission, okay? In America, this great nation that I love, we have our defense. So we have our armed services, and it's the Marines, it is the Army, it is the Air Force, it is the Navy, right? And they all have one purpose. What's their purpose? To defend the United States of America. One purpose. One bread. Different parts, but one purpose. And now, what distinguished them is their assignment what they're called to do. The Marines don't do what the Navy does. The Navy doesn't do what the Air Force do. But they're all working together because you need the Navy sometimes to bring the aircraft carriers, come on, to a location, to their assignment. So we need each other. Why? Because we're to defend the faith. The Bible says give an answer to everyone that asks of the hope that's inside of you. We must give an answer. We must defend the faith, not defend God. Defend the faith. Because God himself says, I don't need anyone to defend me. I am God. 
So you defend the faith when you have a lifestyle as a builder. And so here Paul is saying, we all have the same purpose, but Apollos and Peter and myself, our callings are different. And we all have a different assignment. That's why you got to know your assignment so you can get rid of the strife, get rid of the jealousy. I remember when Jesus was talking to Peter, and he was saying, Peter, do you love me? He says, yes, feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, feed my sheep. And he says, now here's what your assignment is. Peter goes, what about this guy? What about John? Jesus says, don't worry about him. Don't worry. There's so much to worry about life. Don't worry about what your neighbor is doing. Come on, somebody. Bless them. Encourage them. But be a builder. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians, we must edify. We must build up each other. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Got to hurry up. Okay? So the first thing is this, is their calling. And when you know you're calling, the second thing is you can make a contribution. So I'm called to make a contribution. And if I'm going to make a contribution, the third thing is I have to cooperate with, with you. We've got to work in cooperation. We've got to work together. Okay? Because you're the lung. I'm the toe. And everything that Paul gives the great analogy in Corinthians, look at that, about the body. Okay? And so he's progressing. He gives about the body. He says everyone has a different part to play. Right? And here's the goal. Because the fourth thing is this. It's compensation. It's compensation. And here is how uh, we want to summarize the, the, the master builder. In Psalms 127 verse 1, it says this. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor, labor in vain. So unless God builds the house, how is God building this house? Through master builders, through architects, through people who know how to develop one another. And he's saying if you know you're called, you make a contribution, you cooperate because there's a compensation. There's a reward that's there. There is a reward that's there. God is giving out rewards. I didn't say Rowan's giving out rewards. God is giving out rewards. And he said, unless it's my anointing, if it's human agenda, there will not be any reward. Your labor will be in vain. And so because we are laboring in vain, we're not producing anything. We're just becoming a religious organization that's no different than other nonprofit organizations. But we want to be master builders. Master builders. Okay? And so here's the third thing. Here's the third thing. Okay? So after that now, here's what God does. The Bible says that your works will be tried by the fire in that day. He's speaking of the day of judgment, not the day of salvation. That you have to solidify right now. This is talking about the motive of your labor because now you're mature, right? We've gone past the principles of salvation. You accept that. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. When I keep going over and over and over and over that again, okay? You know you're saved. You have a ministry, but now we're getting to your motive because you are a master builder. God has to look at motives, right? And so he now looks and he says this. Watch this now. I want us to go to Genesis chapter 11, verse 4 and 5. I want to really take my time and teach on this one. Let's go to Genesis chapter 11, uh, verses um, 4 and 5. Talk about the Tower of Baal. Of Baal. Um, Genesis chapter 11. Okay. I want you to go there. I'm going to give you three things that we have to guard against with our motives. Okay. Now watch this. Okay. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east, they found the plain in the land of Shinar. And they dwelt there. Then they said to one another. So God told them when he came out of the ark, I want you to be fruitful and multiply. They now, on this journey, get to this place, 
and they now said one to another. They didn't say to God, they said one to another. Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had bricks for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Now watch this now. The first thing is this, your foundation. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verse 10 to 11, and in this particular text right here, we see the foundation. It said, let us, humanism. They looked at each other and said, okay, the answer's got to be in you. The answer's in me. So they're looking this, they're not looking this way, they're looking this way. They want to go this way, but they start this way. You got to go this way first to have this way. Huh? So when we look at each other, Leo, this is not going to help. But when we look like this, come on, then we can look at each other. And as we see the reflection of God's glory, we see that inside of you. He says, let us take our gifts, let us take our talents, and let us, let us, make, let us, make, let us make bricks. Um, because we are master builders, and we have the DNA of God inside of us, let's take bricks, let us make for ourselves a tower. A place where we can gather and conduct business for each other. Oh, right there. That's it right there. And they said, number two, let us build a name. That's fame. That's fame. We, we want the fame. It's, it's, it's what the enemy wanted. He, he, he looked within himself and said, um, look at all this gift that I have and and, and so I want all the glory for myself, and, and it's fame. So the foundation of humanism will always exalt human, uh, mankind. Will always do that. And here is why. Here is the root reason why. That the motives need to be corrected is because it would eventually lead to fear. So if the foundation is humanism, it leads to man being exalted, and it leads to fear. And whenever there's fear, we pacify I don't know what you're telling me. When a kid is crying, I don't know what you're saying. I can't understand you, so I've got to stick this in your mouth to keep you quiet. And when you understand that it's not about fear, it's about faith, you recognize the issue is you're looking to each other as opposed to looking to God. You are a master builder. You're an architect of developing people's relationship. So don't take God's gift to build a name for yourself. Take God's gift to build his name. To build his name. So watch this now. So what foundation are you on? Every labor you do has a motive behind it. Everything. Everything you do has an agenda. It's either agenda of God or it's agenda of the anointing of God. Every single thing has that. And so we have to understand now that, watch, this tower, this tower was being built. And when God came and confused your language, the tower was still there. The influence was still there. They had to walk away from what they were building to follow after God and couldn't look back at that. And what happens is when we step out out of the boat, come on somebody, we then look around us and remember, oh my, let's go back. And that's what, let's go back to finish the tower that was already started. And God is saying to you now, no, I have removed that need in your life. And now I want you to understand that you are building my kingdom. You're not building a tower. Don't limit yourself with just being here. I want you to go and expand. 
expand and enjoy the earth that I created for you. Whenever you live in fear, you limit the presence and the power of God in your life. And that's why God said, I did not give you the spirit of intimidation. I didn't give you the spirit of not knowing who you are. When you know who you are, you can leave this tower and step out into your purpose and to your destiny. Why? Because not only am I mature, not only am I a master builder, I am going to have motives of building the kingdom of God and not the kingdom of man. Are you hearing me? So we are going to be building the kingdom of God and not the kingdom of man. So how do we do that? Here's how we do that now. We have to take the materials in 1 Corinthians 3, uh, 12 to 15. We have to understand the materials. So watch this now. And this is it. God wants us to live a life of quality more than just quantity. Because he brings judgment, because the devil comes to that fire, he wants to make sure that we're living a life of quality, not just a life of quantity. So it's not how long you live that leaves a legacy. It's how you live that leaves a legacy. Now, we must continue and live long because that's promised to us. But while I'm living long, I want to also make sure that my life is a life of quality. So the materials that God has given to me to build a legacy, I've got to make sure those, those materials will last the judgment or they would stand the fire of God. All consuming fire. Burn within me. And anything that was of human uh, 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 motivation, anything that was of human will will be consumed, will be burnt up because they can't stay in God's presence. Human energy will never be able to move God's hands. Human energy will never move the hands of God. It is when you recognize that God in your mercy and your grace, I need for you to lift your hands and bless me. And when God sees that your motive is a motive of his kingdom, then God has to respond to his kingdom. Come on, somebody. When the woman went to Jesus' mother, said, hey, they're out of wine. Jesus says, what is it for, that you want from me? My hours yet not come. And she now moved the hand of God through her faith. She was a builder of people. And she says, whatever he says to do, just do it. And once they obeyed God like Abraham did when he obeyed God, he says, bring me the water. Come on. Bring me the pictures. Bring those things. Because I see an agenda that's not of man. And what you need is a miracle that man can't perform. And so when when Jesus recognized the motive, he performed the miracle. When he saw the motive, he performed the miracle. So watch this now as, as I launch you out with this. So Paul now gives six different materials. Six. He says gold. He says silver. He says precious stones. He says wood. He says hay. And he mentions straw. Six different materials. Three that will last the fire, that will last in the fire, and three that will be burnt up. Okay? And so watch this now. So the gold, the gold. In the temple, in the temple, right? In the temple where God's presence dwells, only gold can go in there. So gold represents the divine nature of God. So anything you and I do that reflects his divine nature, it will blast the fire. So our motive for doing ministry is that when the fire of God comes, that God consume me, it's making me more pure. You're making me more pure because the fire is coming and it's gold. It's reflecting your divine nature. And so the more the fire that comes, it burns up those things inside of me that's going to hold me back from reflecting God's divine nature. And so gold represents that. And so watch this now. So in Exodus, in Exodus chapter uh, 32, uh, Moses now is going to get a revelation from God. I'm, I'm finishing. He's going to get a revelation from God. The people now are here waiting for Moses. Doom, doom, doom. The Jeopardy. They're waiting. 
They're waiting. Okay? Instead of them worshiping, they're waiting. Moses is in the presence of God. He's called to go before God. They finally said to Aaron, hey, Aaron. Aaron. I don't know what's happened to this dude. But I want you to make us a God that can take us back to the tower. Because this Moses, I have no idea what's going on with him. And Aaron says, give me all of your gold. And it says he had a tool with him, and he, because he was a master builder, he was the priest, and he fashioned it. Out came this golden calf. He says, This is the God, humanism. This is your God that brought you out of Babylon, out of Egypt, excuse me. And we got to make sure, we have to remember, please, we have to remember that it's about the divine nature of God. Silver, real quick, silver represents the redemption of God, the redemption of God. So silver is redemption. And in Matthew 26, verse uh, uh, 14 and 15, we see the 30 pieces of silver that Judas gave in exchange for Jesus. Silver, their 30 pieces of silver, uh, represents the redemption of God. And one person, and as I was reading this, I was like, this is awesome. It says the precious stones represents the transformed work of the Holy Spirit. The transformed work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, come praise team. The transform of the Holy Spirit. The transforming work of the Holy Spirit. So we have the golden calf, the 30 pieces of silver, and the precious stone. The precious stone. Now I launch you with this. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Let's read this now. Because a question is being asked. A question is being asked. With the moments we have left together. How many are in ministry? Raise your hands. Amen. More hands are going up. Praise God. If you don't know your assignment... For the next few moments, the revelation of God is here. God has his hand upon you, Stephen. He really does. He has his hands upon you, my brother. He does. And watch this now. Watch this now. Oh, God, thank you, Jesus. Ooh, hallelujah. It, it just, it just, ooh, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. We're not crazy. We're not just driven by emotion, but though it could be emotional. Because when God's going to move in the supernatural, we've got to be able to discern between good and evil. We're not going to be immature now when someone is tapping into God's presence to call what's good evil and call evil good. We're not doing that anymore. The question is being asked by the Apostle Paul. There's been a correction now because you are the builder. As we look in this month and as we progress, we want to take a look at this. And here's what it says in verse 16 now of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. As we're looking at it, it says, Do you not know that you are the temple? Of God. Everybody over here. Look, look at me. Do you not know that you are the temple of God? It's a question. Over here. Do you not know that you are the temple, the sanctuary, the dwelling place of the Most High God? You are a builder. Do you not know that you are the temple? You are the temple. You are a builder. You are the architect. You are a wise master builder because He, God, is the designer of your life. 
and your ministry the purpose of your ministry is to develop other people the purpose of your ministry is to make God legal in the earth the purpose of the body of Christ is to make God legal in the earth and God is going to use your hands to take a break but not to throw it in glass windows but it's going to give you a break so you can be like Nehemiah pass me another break I've got to build a wall not to keep you out but to keep that devil out come on somebody it's time we take a break and we said, God, if you put a brick in my hand, I will not throw it at people for what they did to me. But I will take this brick because I'm a temple of the Most High God. And I will take this brick and I will get a revelation from God and I will plant that brick right here. And I will build a wall, not to keep you out, but to keep the, de oh, I felt that right there, but to keep the enemy out, to keep jealousy out to keep strife out to keep anger out so why the Bible said that Nehemiah called the people together and they laughed at them saying the wall you're every head bowed every eyes closed there's a prophetic unction on me right now in the name of Jesus listen listen if you're called into ministry raise your hands keep them up keep them up keep them up keep them. now watch this now watch this prophetic word the enemy said, the wall that you're building, if a fox or anything runs up it, it's going to crumble. They were taunting the master builders. But Nehemiah said this, not under my watch. I am building a legacy that's going to last. And he said, you be stationed over here. And watch this now. You can put your hands down. Now watch this now. Everywhere there was a gap, he put a man and a woman and a family into that gap. He was, oh, there's a gap there. Come, 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 come. come. I need you. Yep, come. I need you. Stay right here, right here. There's a gap right here. I need you now to have a sword in one hand and a brick in another hand. Come, Ian, come, come, come. Come here, come here. I see another gap and I've given you a family. Come on. I've given you a family and I need a sword in one hand and a brick in the other hand and as you worship you are cutting away things and as you're worshiping you are building your family structure and as you are prophesying come on I'm bringing the corporate anointed into the house come Karen come another gap I'm gonna put you here and I'm gonna use you in a dimension that you have take the limits off girl. take the limits off stop looking at the clock oh God stop looking at the human clock when Joshua needed more time he would commanded the Sun to stand still don't you limit God gathering place you're in ministry, you got a brick in one hand and you got a sword in the other hand. Oh my God. And when the enemy thinks he sees a gap, whew, a brick holds him back. And the Bible says that you're armed with the sword of the Spirit. Do you know that you're the temple of God? He continues on. He continues on. And he says this now. And the Spirit of God dwells in you. 
I'm finished, but the Holy Spirit's not. I'm done. The Spirit of God dwells in you. If you got a brick in one hand and a sword in the other hand, it's time to lift them up. Metaphorically and figuratively, it is worship. And what you're saying corporately is that jealousy is not going to take root. And strife is not going to take root. And everything I do from this day forward, if the fire comes on that day, I will receive my reward. So right where you're seated, if you have to change your posture and come to the altar, and we'll deal with that message down the road. I want you to worship. As they sing Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Come on. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Close the gap. Your glory Close the gap. What our hearts Close the gap. That's it. Come on. To be you've been given a brick and you've been given a sword. You've been given materials of which to build with. Your presence, Lord. Your presence. 